So here we were coming up on Thanksgiving, first holiday without his dad. And we get to his sister hosted that day. And she, um, this was so subtle and so simple, but so meaningful. As people came to the door, she said, you know, happy Thanksgiving, we hugged. Um, and then she said, there's a candle on the table in honor of dad. So as you see this candle, as you, as you see the candle throughout the day, you know, you can stop and think about him. You can talk about him if you want, but just know it's there. So simple, and, but meaningful. Welcome to the With You at Every Step podcast. We address your healthcare questions and help you navigate life's challenges. Our guests share their expertise and real world advice related to care for older adults, grief and healing, and pregnancy and parenting. Every Step is a nonprofit healthcare and human services organization offering dozens of programs that are there when people need us most. Learn more about our free and low cost services at everystep.org. Thank you for listening. Here is our host, Holly Carver Kim. And thank you again for joining us for With You at Every Step. Uh, we're entering, or I guess we're in, the the most happy time of the year, the jolliest time of the year. You know, we're having a holly jolly Christmas, uh, but not everybody. Um, so many Iowans are going through grief during the holidays. And that's what we're going to talk about today with Denise Nonsen. She is a bereavement counselor for every step, specifically in the Des Moines area. Uh, but I know you go all over the place, Denise. So uh, we appreciate all that you do. And welcome to the show. Thanks, Polly. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know, I think one thing that really stands out to me about grief during the holidays is you immediately think of someone who maybe lost a loved one in October or November. Um, but Grief can rear its head years and years after the death of someone you love, and there really is no timetable to grief or whether or not you should be feeling it during the holidays, right? That's correct. That's correct. And so whether it's been, yeah, many, many years or a year or two months, like you said, if someone had a loved one die in October, the the pain can resurface at the holiday time. There's so many expectations like you said, you know, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be happy and joyful and holly jolly. And when we're not feeling that on the inside because we're grieving um, or the holly jolly memories um, trigger those, uh, you know, past losses that, well, mom should be here or, you know, this loved one should be at our celebration. They always made the oyster stew. My grandma always made the oyster stew. And so it just doesn't seem right that she's not here making the oyster stew this year. Um, so yeah, those feelings can can come right, surface right to the top at the holiday time. And like you said, there can be a number of different triggers. It's not just, um, you know, your inward thoughts of, oh, my missed dad or whatever, you know, I miss whoever, my grandma and grandpa. Um, it's like you said, it can be a dish that you ate. I, I remember one time myself personally, uh, I was walking through Hobby Lobby of all places. And uh, I don't know, just one of the decorations, I, I had to leave the store. I was so yeah. overcome. Um, so really, triggers are yeah. very personal, aren't they? Yes. Yes, they are. They are. It could be smells or songs or walking through Hobby Lobby or the grocery store. We call those grief bursts. And they happen probably always for people. I think at the beginning, shortly after their loved one dies, they happen frequently. Um, 
where they find just all of a sudden they're in tears. Um, but over time and with, you know, some good grief work, they find those grief bursts happen less often, uh, but still happen. Can be years later. And you talk about doing grief work. That's what you're an expert, excuse me, an expert in. Um, what kind of things can we do or the work we can do to especially address grief during the holidays? I mean, I know you address grief year round, but uh, during the holidays, what are some of the things we can do to to help us get through this time? Yeah, I, I think... Um... I think there are a handful of things that we talk about a lot and I read about a lot. Uh, knowing, I mean, in grief in general, there's no right or wrong way to do grief. So I would say there's no right or wrong way to do the holidays when you're grieving. Um, make it your own, personalize what you need. So for example, if you need to, to step away from some activities you used to do because you need some quiet time. Um, if you need to change an, a, a tradition this year, or maybe some people want to keep all the traditions the exact same. Some people want to change them up a little bit because it doesn't feel right. So kind of pay attention to yourself and what, what you need during the holidays. Um, we, we like to encourage people to make a plan for the day uh, rather than to go into, you know, okay, this is Christmas Day. I'm just going to pretend I'm not grieving. Uh, you know, if you can really compartmentalize like that, I think that's, that'd be pretty tough for most people. So if you can make a plan, you know, I'm going to go to the traditional get together, but I'm going to allow myself an opportunity to step away if I need to um, or leave early if I need to. Um, you know, just having a plan. Uh, we also encourage people, if they're able, because this can be hard, to um, do something to remember and honor their loved one. So whether that that can be, I've seen all sorts of different things as simple as lighting a candle on the table. Um, I knew a family who set a place setting for their loved one who wasn't there that year um, to signify that, uh, that there was a missing spot at the table um, to going out of town. You know, people have done all sorts of different things. But um, or, you know, you can purchase a gift in uh, that your that your loved one might have purchased um, or eating their favorite food, um, all sorts of different ways. Just but to remember and honor them in some way, um, although that's painful, it can also be meaningful. Uh, how do you Denise, yeah. how do you how do you deal with maybe uh, other family members or relatives or friends who don't? understand that you need some of these uh some of these actions to help your grief or who think well aren't you over it by now or i mean that's so insensitive but i know people encounter that they do they do and that's tricky to navigate that um communication is is valuable if if you're able to to and i always feel bad when i encourage people that are grieving to educate the people around them because they have enough on their plate just with their grief and looking at the holidays but maybe you have to tell your loved ones i'm sorry this is grief and it doesn't go away after one month it, it's going to be with me always maybe some you may have to educate your loved ones um you may have to set boundaries with people that are not helpful or that even want to derail your grief people that are, you know, that are saying, 
shouldn't you be over it by now? They are not helping in your grief. And so if you have to step away for um, from that relationship for a short time, I don't ever believe people have evil intentions or, or that. They just don't understand. Um, so, you know, be be with those that are most supportive and most understanding and non-judgmental. And, and then you have to be sometimes with family who who might be the people that are not so helpful, but, um, you know, doing your best, communicating what you need, um, taking good care of yourself in the midst of, of all of it, you know, getting is getting good rest, sleep, which we know is hard when you're grieving, but if you can take a nap or say no to some activity so you can rest. So you're, you know, at your best that way, um, moving your body a little bit every day, uh, eating as healthy as possible, those kind of basic self-care things, positive self-talk, just, you know, not being too hard on yourself if you're having a rough day, um, because you probably will. It's a hard time. And, and just acknowledging that and not setting the expectations too high, you know, to tell yourself, I may cry today and that's okay. That is a, is a, a really good point, Denise, that uh, the expectations of uh, not just having a, you know, a Hallmark movie holiday, but also the expectations for yourself. Um, and I think we all sometimes place unrealistic expectations on ourselves. of, well, you know, I, I'll get through this and I'll, uh, you know, I'll be smiling and, or, or the expectation of mine, this is going to be an awful day. I mean, that's the opposite side of it that you really shouldn't go into it with that either. Should you? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, may, I think maybe neither extreme, maybe somewhere in the middle is more realistic, right? Like you just said. And often I hear from people that the anticipation of the holiday, they just dread and there's, they get kind of anxious and worked up and I don't know what that day is going to be like. I'm so worried. And then they'll tell me after the holiday that the actual day itself wasn't near as bad as they thought it was going to be. So maybe that would offer a, 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 some listener out there some hope that sometimes the day of the holiday itself isn't as bad as they had imagined uh, leading up to it. Not can't say that for everyone because it's going to be different for everyone. But sure. But yeah, to set have, some realistic expectations. You know, as you talk about, uh, you know, talking with some of the the people you've worked through their grief. Can, do you have do any stories come to mind of? Uh, of, uh, you know, grieving through the holidays and how they got through it or advice you gave them? Yeah. They're one family that I always talk about at the holidays. I mean, there's many, but this particular family, um, the wife and mom of adult children had died. And um, so every holiday that came around, it started with Thanksgiving, Christmas, but we met this, this husband who had lost his wife called a family meeting and invited me to come every holiday. We sat around his kitchen table and he was so honest with his adult kids. He's, you know, for Christmas, for example, he said, your mom was Christmas. She loved everything about Christmas and the shopping and the baking and the cooking. And he said, I can't be that. I can't do that. It's not me. He said, but I still, you know, I want to to have Christmas, of course. And he said, so can I give you all money and you buy presents for your for your children from me. You know, I want to give my grandkids gifts, but I can't go shopping and do all the things. And so, of course, his kids said, of course. 
So they made a plan that he would give them money. They would buy gifts for the grandkids. And um, then he said, I love to wrap. So bring them over. I'll wrap all those presents. And then, you know, I think it was for another holiday. Uh, but on the same lines, he said, I don't know how to make biscuits and gravy. So we might not be able to do that. I think this might have been for Easter. And his kids, his daughter said, I know how to I'll come over and make biscuits and gravy. So it was this this beautiful communication that they had for every single holiday um, that first year and just really helped them navigate it and set good expectations for the whole family of what was going to happen. Um, and then another one I'll share just because it's so simple and it's personal to me. Um, this was way back before I was in hospice care, but my husband's father had died the previous year. And so here we were coming up on Thanksgiving, first holiday without his dad. And we get to his sister hosted that day. And she, um, this was so subtle and so simple, but so meaningful. As people came to the door, she said, you know, happy Thanksgiving. We hugged. Um, and then she said, there's a candle on the table in honor of dad. So as you see this candle, as you, as you see the candle throughout the day, you know, you can stop and think about him. You can talk about him if you want, but just know it's there. So simple, and but meaningful. Um, so those two examples come to mind of, of things people have done. I just learned so much from what, what others do and try to encourage people also to consider the fact that it's okay to have some fun on the holidays. You're going to feel sadness. And when you feel sadness, you cry and that's okay. But you can also feel joy and it's okay to enjoy time with your family. And you can, hold, you can feel both feelings even in the same moment. That's a great point because I, I, I think when you're grieving, you do feel guilty for being happy sometimes. Yeah, I what you're telling when you're talking about the the couple of people that you worked with, it just stands out that communication is really the key to I mean, in so many things in life, but in this case particularly to let people know, hey, you know, I I can't do that or I need help, mm-hmm. and I a lot of people yes. aren't willing to ask for help. Yes. There's no shame in that, is there? No shame in that at all. It's, I mean, even if we're not grieving, it's helpful to ask for help. At the yeah, right. Because we're overwhelmed, right? Oh, so yeah. definitely, definitely. And to and to ask for understanding, maybe even, you know, to say, I, it, yes, I'd love to come to your dinner. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard for me this year because so-and-so just died. And so if I need to leave early, is that okay? You know, you can accept an invitation, but kind of give yourself an out in case it gets too hard. Uh-huh. Those are great tips. Uh, and, and then, of course, when do you know, um, I need more help than I'm getting on this podcast, for instance. Um, you know, every step has a full slate, slate of grief and loss services. They're all free. Um, how do you know when maybe you need to reach out to somebody like every step? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, gosh, how would I answer that? Um, you know, some people have family and friends, as we talked earlier about, you know, that are very understanding and non-judgmental, and they feel great support through their with their family and friends. Um, can they have someone they can confide in and talk to? So I would say for the listener who maybe doesn't feel they have that, or let's say it two ways. Maybe they don't feel they have family and friends they can talk to about what they're going through and they just need, they need to talk. They feel burdened. They feel heavy. Um, 
And and sometimes people have family and friends that would be happy to listen, but they don't feel comfortable for whatever reason. I, I hear a lot, well, I don't want to burden my children. They have enough on their plates. They lost their dad. So if I talk about losing my husband to them, well, they're grieving too. So I'll hear a lot, it's helpful to talk to someone outside the family. So that would be, I mean, I guess if, if for anyone who feels, just feels overwhelmed and overcome and they just think it would be helpful to talk um, or receive support or, you know, to talk one-on-one like with me is helpful, but our grief groups, our grief support groups where people can share their stories and hear other people, it's so normalizing to hear that others are going through something very similar to what you're going through. Um, and then the group is so beautiful how somebody will share something and the group supports them. And and then another person talks, it, the, just the support that goes back and forth in a group is so beneficial, I think. Um, so if you don't feel you have that support out there in your own community, your own circle of people, then seek it out. I have talked to so many uh, people who have participated in grief support groups. And I would say, golly, 75% of them at least, uh, when they tell their story, they say, you know, I was invited to a grief support group. And I thought, nah, I don't want to go because it's a bunch of strangers and I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass myself by crying or I don't know what I'll say. I don't know anybody. And two, you know, some, some people immediately think that's the thing for me. But this other 75% who think that's, I don't know, that's not for me. Every single one of them uh, has said how amazing it was to be in that group. Some of them have developed lifelong friendships way past the group they were a part of. That there is a sense of community there that you don't expect, I think. Yes, definitely, definitely. And it's just it, people get it in a grief support group. They're there for the same reason you are. And where maybe your family, your friends maybe don't get it. They're trying maybe, but they just don't. Um, those people in the group do get it. Uh, and, and they, yeah, it's, it's a good place to process grief, to learn, learn a little bit, but just to share your own. I think grief needs to be witnessed. Um, people need to be heard and understood when they're grieving. So just the listening ear of a group, a group of people, um, someone nodding like, yeah, I get it. I've been there means a lot. And it's very helpful. Denise, as we start to wrap up our, our conversation here, is there anything that I didn't touch on, any tip that you really wanted to pass along uh, for getting through the holidays that, that you'd like to share with people? Or maybe just a, a thought regarding grief that might uh, resonate with someone. Um, hmm. I, I, I like to share um, grief and love, like picture a coin, grief and love are two sides of the same coin. So we grieve so deeply because we loved so deeply. And so whatever that means for you at this holiday time, I guess your your grief speaks to your love. And, and the love is something to definitely be thankful for. So while it is going to be a different holiday, it is going to be painful. There are going to be moments of grief bursts. Um, of tears, expect that. Um, but also maybe you can find a nugget of thankfulness in the fact that you had such a great love in that relationship you had uh, and what what you still have. It's, it's hard. 
it's hard, but but we wish people hope. Yeah, hope that um, whether it's in the day, getting through the day, whether it's in remembering um, the good things as well as the bad, we've got to be realistic. But um, yeah, hope for the future. Denise, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. She had... Uh, Denise is just so skilled in this arena, and uh, she's one of our bereavement counselors. She's with Every Step Hospice in Des Moines. Um, and then we mentioned those uh, grief and loss services. Every Step has free uh, grief support groups, um, free events that, that, uh, that we have to commemorate a loved one. There's a whole slate of, of help for you out there that is uh, free from Every Step. You can access that by going to our website, which is everystep.org, and then add on to that slash care, everystep.org slash C-A-R-E. And that'll take you to a little electronic form, really simple to fill out. And just say, uh, you know, I need some help with grief during the holidays, or I just need some help with grief or whatever it might be. And uh, a real human person will reach out to you and uh, and find the help that you need free of charge. So, Denise, thank you again. You're welcome, Polly. Good to talk to you today. Yeah, absolutely. I always enjoyed speaking with Denise. Uh, that is uh, with you at every step. Thank you so much for tuning in.